Jan Price talks to the movers and shakers in the film business. The Jan Price Show, all about movies. You're listening to The Jam Price Show, all about movies, and today my guest is award-winning documentary filmmaker Pat McGee, and we're going to be talking about his new documentary, From the Hood to the Holler. Welcome to the show, Pat. Thanks for having me, Jan. I appreciate it. it, um, it really excited to just uh, get an opportunity to talk about From the Hood to the Holler and, and Charles Booker and, and what this film is and, and what it means to me. Well, let's do all those questions right there. <laughs> What this film is about, first, so our audience knows what we're talking about. What What is uh, From the Hood to the Holler and Charles Booker? Let's talk a yeah. little bit about what it's all about. It's interesting. It, you know, the film From the Hood to the Holler, From the Hood to the Holler basically is a title that is literally pulled from his campaign. And it's a film about Charles Booker, a young politician, a young activist that's running in the primary for the U.S. Senate in 2020 against... Uh, a Democratic challenger named Amy McGrath. And it really is a portrait documentary about this this young guy finding his voice as a leader. It's about, you know, showing that you have more in common, you know, between the rural and the urban. You know, they have more in common than they don't. And this documentary is about igniting a movement and uh, a movement that he's part of. So it's much more than just a campaign, you know, documentary. It's a documentary about this, this uh, really inspiring person named Charles Booker. He is inspiring, and, and it is amazing. Tell us about the title, From the Hood to the Holler, because I'm not sure a lot of people would understand what the holler is. Sure. That's a, it's a good question. A lot of people don't understand what a holler is. I mean, the hood represents, at least in Charles Booker's mind, West Louisville, where he grew up. It's an inner city area where he grew up, challenging, you know, socioeconomically deprived. And then you have the holler, which is parts of Appalachia. And um, again, you know, socioeconomically challenged, for the most part, very white. And and basically, it's, it, it's his cry to unite both these parts of Kentucky together to show that they have more in common than they don't. And that's what's so exciting. I mean, you know, you look at some of these, these races um, for politics, and it really becomes a us versus them, and it becomes very divisive. And I think his message is just inspiring. You know, it's like, you know, I mean, I think when I was on the trail with him, you could see a lot of people that had voted for, you know, Rand Paul, for Mitch McConnell, for, you know, all sorts of people. And they just connected with him because they could see that he is speaking truth over power and truth to power. And, and you know, and, and they need someone that's going to go to work for him. And I think it's a big sea change that's happening there in Kentucky right now. It's interesting because, as you say in this documentary, that, you know, Mitch McConnell is one of the most powerful politicians, you know, that we have right now. And yet, Kentucky is one of the most poor poor states that we have, that they're not getting the things that they need. And I think that's why Charles Booker's message was so powerful, because he unites whites as well as blacks. This message is a uniting message. It's not a divisive message at all. And I think that was what was so appealing about this documentary, watching people who perhaps in the past have voted for McConnell and the other one. I don't even want to mention his name. <laughs> yeah, I, I think it's I think it's a it's a really good point. I mean, you're spot on. I mean, you know, you have Charles Booker crisscrossing the state and he's literally finding people that feel like their voice is they're invisible, that their voice isn't being heard. And to your point you know, you have this guy, Mitch McConnell, who's one of the most powerful people, not just in the state, but in the country. You're not seeing uh, their state being prioritized. You're seeing a lack of funds in education and health and environment, you know, and all things that, that matter to everybody. And so it's like, I think, it, you know, for Charles and his campaign, you know, I can't speak for his campaign. I'm not part of his campaign, but 
but but as a, as a storyteller and someone that was you know with him you know in some of these places it's like it was connecting with people you know they mm-hmm. they saw it you know they they finally saw someone that was listening to them and that was that was unusual instead of being talked down to they were being they got to have a conversation with someone that could really feel what was going on and i think that's what's so important about the film is that it's not speaking at you but it's creating a conversation and that's what charles does and i think that's that's a you know tribute to really to charles letting us follow him and just kind of you know we're just telling him we're just capturing it you know what i mean it's like how, how thrilling is that that it doesn't take a, you know, that you get to capture this amazing voice in, in an important time in our history. I was going to ask you, how did you come to this project? Why did you choose Charles Booker? Because you really follow him pretty much from the beginning of this campaign. So how did you come to it and why? Good question. You know, I think I've been asked this question a few times and it's always interesting. I mean, I literally, I saw a video of him online. That was probably a couple minutes long. I was inspired. I just... Sometimes you follow your heart, and my heart led me to Kentucky on a bus with with uh, Charles, and it, and uh, you know I'm forever grateful for it because it was it was an amazing experience, and you know that that experience is based on trust. I mean, you literally look at someone that had everything to lose, not a lot to gain, by letting someone come in and have you know the opportunity to capture someone. You know, when Charles laid everything on the line, he basically opened the door to someone that he doesn't know. And I've said this in the past, it's like that means a lot. And it's like I instantly was attracted to his openness and his trust because we don't have a lot of people like that. I think people are becoming so cynical and jaded that it's refreshing to meet someone like that that's trying to achieve, you know, such an important role. But you know, to your question, I saw this little video. I reached out to him. Someone from the campaign called me back. Sure, come on out. Jump on the bus. You know, and then, you know, thankfully, my wife said yes and um, and was very supportive. And I have a really awesome group of talented filmmakers that I've been making films with and, and other documentary projects for a number of years. And um, Greg Taylor went out in the field with me, the DP. And then we had Adam Lincoln out and Terry just really, like, um, talented filmmakers produce and edit and those are people that as you know with your podcast and your show is all about it's it's about independent filmmaking and, right. and we did this because we wanted to and we had to and it wasn't for the money clearly because there, there is no money <laughs> <laughs> fortunately <laughs> I was going to ask you, how do you make your money when you're doing all of these documentaries? What's that term? Bag, borrow, lie? No, you don't lie. Just bag and borrow. No. <laughs> um, yeah, no. So we, we basically, we are very blessed and fortunate to work in this full time. So our team, our crew, we've done a number of films and, and a, a number of documentary series. One of the first things that we sold and created together as a team was um, a series called Dope Sick Nation. And that was about the heroin epidemic. That was literally based on um, our first independent documentary called American Relapse and we were very fortunate to you know show that device and they said yes let's 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 go do a 10 part series so those while American Relapse didn't really pay the bills we were lucky to go in and do a 10, 10 part series and we did another show called 24 Life about the you know the sentencing unfair sentence you know we follow people the last day before they're convicted before they're sentenced to prison and we follow them for 24 hours to find out you know what, what their priorities in life should have been <laughs> yes yes Yes, yes. Was this the forerunner to the um, Dope Sick, the movie with, um, well, the series with uh, Michael Keaton? Was this the what, what no? It, it? It, it, it's a good question. I mean, it's uh, it's this, it's similar name. So our film was American Relapse, and based on American Relapse, we did Dope Sick Nation, and that one with Michael Keaton is a narrative um, scripted, and that mm-hmm. is called Dope Sick. 
Right. In some small way, maybe we um, inspired them, but that that was a great show, too. Yes, it was a wonderful show. A really wonderful show, yeah. <laughs> but I, I do have to say, it's, it's you know, great writing and great acting. But yes. when you watch Dope Sick Nation, it, it's, uh, it's a little different because we're watching this unfold in real time. And um, and uh, while Dope Sick could be based on some real stories, we were, we were capturing the real thing. And that was absolutely tragic and heartbreaking. But it was definitely a story that we felt that needed to be told. And, um, and again, people trusted us to, to get in there and, and capture them. It's some of the worst time in their lives, but I think even some of these people in, in the throes of their addiction, they were still able to kind of believe that maybe they could share their story with others and it could be helpful. And I think most documentary filmmakers and storytellers, like that's the goal, right? right. It's like the goal is to maybe affect someone's life in a positive way. That's the big ticket. That's that's our uh, that's our reward. Right, right. That's our payment. Yeah, <laughs> yeah exactly, exactly. And I, hopefully that because of the Dope Sick, starring Michael Keaton, that it draws people to go to look at your documentary, Dope Sick Nation, because they are, you know, they do complement each other. They're, you know, they're very, you know, they do. So I'm doing, you know, it's, I think it's National Mental Health or, I don't know, Drug Awareness coming up in September. Is that what we've got? I'm doing an interview with another documentary filmmaker called My American Life, and it's along the same lines, you know, too. Wow. Or My American Family, I'm sorry, My American Family, and following a family that are addicted. So um, I was very drawn to that also. So, yeah, it's, it seems to be... Is, is that a current series, or is it a is it a film that's coming out? It's a film. It's a documentary that's coming out, My American Family. So I'll be doing that later in September. I'm sure I'm sure it'll be amazing. I mean, I think the most important thing is, for a lot of these projects, the way that we, we like to attack them is, like, literally, like, we want to put a face on it. We want to really kind of put a face. And that, I think, is the best way to kind of really touch on, you know, the inhumane conditions that people suffer. It gives us a chance to relate. I think some of these... You know, there's a lot of documentaries that are also good, but they're basically very like factual, like driven by stats, and those are important too. Mm-hmm. But I, I feel like you know when you can tell the story and you can learn about the people and you can relate to them in some capacity, that that's really key for the storytelling that we like to do. Right, and that's what moves. You're right, that's what moves people when they when you when you put a face on it. So to go back from to the from the hood to the holler, uh, so. Charles Booker. I mean, there's a lot of you know drama in this too, uh, which was great. It was a little nail biter, you know, towards the end there. So let's talk a bit about that um, and, and and how you felt about that. Do you know what I'm talking about? The election night, election yeah. night. Uh, uh, you know what was transpiring on election night, and yeah, let's just talk about that. Yeah, I, I love talking about that because you know, literally. Again, it's like it, there's so many different elements of this film that make it fascinating to watch. You know, whether it's a portrait doc, um, whether it's a, a an activist, you know, or it's a political thriller. And mm-hmm. I mean, being in that room and watching that unfold in real time, it, it you know, and to see how it's edited and, and put together because there's so much that happened. There's so much that happened, and the emotion, um, you know, that you see in the film is 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 so true to I mean I, people have talked about that scene so many times to me after they've seen it in the film festival circuit and how it's kind of like what was it like in there I'm like well you you saw it and you know it's uh, I mean literally they thought they had won the election I mean think about that this is the roller coaster this is the end this is the night that they've been working for for the last year and they're saying that there's a 75% chance that more than likely 
more than a 75% chance that he's going to win. And Charles, without giving too much away, but, you know, I mean, look, we know we know he didn't win the, win, win the race, but, I mean, he was so composed. Mm-hmm. I mean, he just took it in because he knew even if he did win that, that was just the beginning. There's so much more work to do. And, again, it just shows you that critical moment, you know, he was already thinking about so much more and about – and I just I – just, you know, I, I was blown away. I mean, it just tells you about the character he is. He knows that it's not about that one little moment. It's about something bigger. And that's the kind of person that you want leading. Right. And um, and what, what a great, you know, team he had surrounded, you know. These people, again, it's, it's you know, it's like putting together, you know, making a film, you know, like an independent film, right? <laughs> it's like, not like Dope Sick with Michael Keaton, but, but you know, it, it's like making an independent film. You know, you need to be surrounded by people that you love and that you care about and that care deeply about each other. And that's the kind of team that he assembled. And you can see it and you can feel it. And it's uh, it really is uh, it's exciting. It, it, it was exciting. It, it came he came out of nowhere, basically, though. And he was up against big money because Amy Amy McGrath, who did well, who who won that the primary, unfortunately did not win the election. But um, she had a lot of money behind her, and he didn't. Um, but he he slowly, because of his gra- grassroots effort, was able to to mm-hmm. overcome some of those things. Let's talk about that that journey because that's pretty amazing in itself too. That. He came out of nowhere, didn't have any money, and then he came as far as he did with that. Yeah, it, it's a really good point, and I think it's again, it's uh, it's a tribute to the people that are around him. It's about him seizing opportunities and just being a Kentuckian and not a politician. You know, when the the, the tragedy um, involving Breonna Taylor happened, mm-hmm. he didn't you know stay home and you know uh, he went into the streets and marched in support of what was going on because he needed to. And so I think, you know, that really kind of like, you, you could see this groundswell of support that people just needed a leader at that time. And he, he was giving them a voice. He was uplifting their, their, uh, you know, their thoughts. And, um, it, it was amazing to see it be that close. I mean, look, I mean, I think she raised like over $50 million, $50 million. Um, and to come that close. And as we know in the film, there were so many votes that never were, you know, never got to be cast because they had one polling place for seven over 700,000 people in Jefferson County. 700,000 people in one polling place. There was traffic, and then they gave them an extra 30 minute uh, extension. But, you know, who knows what it could have been? Um, you know, it's just, it's, it, it, it is a. It's a shame to see what happened, um, but then again, you see Charles taking the high road and not contesting and dragging this into court when you know he, he knew like it was just a victim of circumstances, and mm-hmm. but that wasn't the right thing to do at the time. The right thing to do was get behind him and support her. Um, you know, we need we need people like that 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 aren't selfish. Right. You know, that, that it wasn't about him. It was about this bigger thing and a bigger idea and, a, and, and launching a movement. And, you know, you look about, you know, the person that he's running against right now, this this guy named, you know, Senator Rand Paul, and he really is the exact opposite. I mean, this guy's in it for himself. He's selfish. He's a narcissist. And, um, you know, 
it's uh, it couldn't be any more uh, diametrically opposed. Yeah, thank you. <laughs> That's what I'm looking for. Thank you. <laughs> it's like, what's that mean? <laughs> what is that? Yes. <laughs> it's like this. <laughs> Not connected at all. No connected. At all. Yeah. Oh, gosh. Um, what? Well, let's move into that. Let's, what do you think his chances are of winning this? You know, this meeting, uh, Rand Paul, who's just oh, well. We won't even get into that. That's another conversation offline. Yeah. You know, I, I think he has. A, I think he has a great chance. I think. Look. You know, just you just mentioned it. Nobody thought he had a chance against Ian McGrath. He closed the gap so quickly, caught fire, and people saw who he was. I think that's happening now, and and I, I honestly don't. I don't think people are necessarily. I, I don't want to speak for anyone other than myself and just my opinion for right. that sort. But it's like literally, it's like I don't think they're taking him serious, and he's just he's going all over the state. He's doing the same thing. But they know him a little more now. Mm-hmm. And, I mean, you're literally running against this guy named Rand Paul. And the whole thing about Rand Paul, in my opinion, is that here's this guy that's based his whole life on being a libertarian. You know, government can't interfere. You know, less government. And his whole character, you know, without getting into the abortion issue, literally, he's basically trying to tell people how the government should control their body. Now, whether you're for abortion or against abortion, it doesn't matter. It's just basically pointing out the fact that his whole ideology of what he says he is, less government, is a fraud. Yeah. And so, you know, let's just vote on, on, on just the basic, you know, principle of character. He's a fraud because he literally says less government, less government. And then you have him now saying we need to mandate and control a person's body. I mean... You know that that to me is like that's the telltale. That that's where it's like if I was on either side of the aisle, independent, Republican, Democrat, whatever, whatever you want to call me, I would say the light would go off, and I would say, you know what? I don't believe this guy. I don't. I don't believe in his character. I think he's a fraud. You know, and it's all about him. So I mean, I I think right in that instance, I think that's attractive to the people of Kentucky. It's attractive to the people of, of, of you know all of our country. And I mean, he's literally bringing, you know, he's, he's he's highlighting how much in common the people of Kentucky have instead of these other people that are trying to like sow discord all across the state. You know, right. I mean, we don't need that right now. You know, you know, we need to be a country of healing, and we need to be a country of like coming together to get things done. Um, so that's exciting. I mean, I, I think I think he has a good shot, and I think he's going to surprise a lot of people. What I really want to happen is I hope they get a chance to debate, and then we, we can listen to that and be fully entertained. Yeah. <laughs> I, I, have you thought about going back and following this campaign as a follow-up? Yes, I, I would like to, and it's, you know, it's especially, you know, perhaps the last week, I definitely want to be there on the trail, um, you know, capturing his story because, it, you know, it continues. I mean, look, when we, we started um, to tell that story, we never thought that far ahead and as you saw in the film you know kept going and they did a rally and then he's telling his family he's going to run we never thought that far down the line and we decided to stick with it because we thought it was a, it was a really powerful story mm-hmm. and again yeah. this time you know I want to get back out there but at the end of the day it's like, you know, we also have to 
We have to get to work. We, got, <laughs> we, have, we have to pay some bills, too. <laughs> what? You have to pay some bills, yeah. We have to pay some bills. Yeah. I agree all day, I mean, yeah. You know how it works. I mean, it's like everything, you know, these passion projects are expensive. Yes, they are. Yes, they are. No question about that, for sure. Having said that, I mean, uh, well, I, uh, hopefully we'll, we'll just say our prayers and cross our fingers that he that he does. I think this midterm is going to be a very interesting this this time around, and because of the uh, abortion issue, I think that is bringing a lot more people out that may not have been brought out, and I think it um, that this particular party underestimated or the or the whatever underestimated what most Americans feel, whether you know no matter what their color or race, gender or whatever way you know it's it it's. Why are we debating our women's bodies? I've ne- I've said it forever. Why? Why are we regulating our bodies? It's nobody's business what we do. It, it you know, it's, it's amazing. It just and is. you know, you saw the courage and the strength of the voters in Kansas come out and fully uh, make a statement. And I think that just kind of ricocheted across the country yeah. and said, "Look, you know what? In Kansas, you know, we know predominantly how they vote." They just said, look, you know, this is this is too much, you know, and how brave and how smart and just sensible they were with that vote. So, I mean, I think yeah. I think good things are going to happen. I think, you know, people when they when they see and hear more of Charles um, and that's why this film to me is so important, because it's not just about the campaign. It's it's a really, really, as you've seen it, an important story about a person, about um, a movement about um, something bigger than just running in the primary. And when people watch it, they're always, always surprised because they think, oh, I think it was just, I thought it was like a, uh, it was about him running for office. He ran for office in it, but, um, you know, we had a chance to go to so many film festivals and we, you know, we, we won eight film festivals. And that was, that was exciting on the grand prize in, in Cleveland you know, we were in Brooklyn and Martha's Vineyard, all these great places. And every time people from all different walks of life, you know, all different political beliefs, they come out of there and they're just like, oh, that's different than I thought it was going to be. Right. That's that's awesome. You know, that feels good. Yeah. Yeah, it is. It, it, it does. And it, it, yeah, it gives us hope. That we have people right. like that who are willing to put their lives on the line to run for office because that is not an easy thing to do. And uh, I admire anybody who attempts to even think they want to run for an office, and, and especially in this environment, political environment that we're living in right now, for sure. Pat, where can people see from the hood to the holler? People can see beginning September 16th will be uh, in Santa Monica Lemley uh-huh. uh, in theaters and at the Cinema Village in New York. So we'll be in L.A., New York from the 16th on. And then also, I believe, on the 30th, that's when we'll be streaming in uh, iTunes, Amazon, Google Play. And I think when you put in from the hood to hollerfilm.com, it'll be any of those places. And, um, you know... If you, if you want to get inspired, just you know, click on, and it, it does get you fired up. Yeah. Well, everyone, seek out from the hood to the holler. Uh, especially it's, as we're running towards the uh, midterms, it's a great film to see. And I wish you much success with the film, Pat. And I look forward to having you back on the show with your next project. Thank you, Jan. I really appreciate it. Thank you. Have a Thank great you. day. Thanks. 
to all my wonderful loyal listeners. Your love of film allows me to do what I do. If you want to support me, the best way to do that is to hit the subscribe button on the iHeart Podcast Network, Apple Podcasts, Google Podcasts, Spotify, or wherever you listen to your favorite podcast. And of course, on YouTube. Subscribing matters. If you are feeling really compelled, I want to hear from you. Have a burning question, comment, or review? Drop me an email at thejampriceshow.com. Thank you for listening. Jan Price talks to the movers and shakers in the film business. The Jan Price Show, all about movies.